Happy Halloween! Happy election week! And daylight savings time. And happy daylight savings time. Fall back. Yeah. Fall back. In an hour. Fall back on one today. of Together for Salem. We are happy to be here. We, I was gonna start in, but I got distracted by your purse. It's cute. Right, right. Um, it's actually called a pup pack. Oh, okay. So let's get it straight. Yep. Um, but I'm gonna show you what's inside of it. Please. First, I carry around my For Salem swag. Most of the time I wear it. Would you like to put it on? I would. You probably need what I have next then. Some sanitizer. I'd appreciate that. You should probably sanitize yeah. that. Mm -hmm. I don't know where this uh, bracelet's been. And then For Salem cards. Oh, did you want to put it back yeah, in there? Thanks. Okay. You don't want that. You want that for your next round. <laughs> I do. We have these encouragement cards that are our For Salem cards. Um, we carry around with us in case we. You want to have, mm -hmm. have that there? Um, in case we want to leave this behind when we want to encourage somebody, maybe you are leaving a tip at your table if you go out to eat. You can leave that for your waiter or waitress. Um, you could also pay for somebody behind you in line and leave it for them if you're grabbing a coffee tomorrow morning or something like that. So mm. these are really cool and we want to offer to send these to you and Monica's gonna tell you a little bit how you can do that. That's how right. you can get them. That's good, I love these encouragement cards. You can get them for free. We'll mail them to you like Liz said. Go to the welcome form on our website it's a great form. It's a way for you to let us know you're watching. It's a way for you to say hello. You can request a free Bible. We've had a few of those requested lately, which is pretty fun. Um, you can also get a free e-gift card just for saying hello. You check that box. But if you want these encouragement cards, these for sale encouragement cards, we will mail them to you. Indicate that on the form as well. And we'll send Perfect. them to you. And you can use yeah. them for coffee. You had me at coffee. I know. Tea, whatever whatever you like. Sure. Wine. Burgers. Yeah. Yeah. So pay it backward <clears throat> and use these cards. But we're gonna pass it over yep. to John. Yep. Episode two of Faith That Works. Mm -hmm. um, how to be happy when the world is falling apart. Yep. Take it away, John. This is the way. Are you happy? I'm happy. Season two of The Mandalorian out now. Awesome. See, everybody wants to be happy. You want to be happy, right? Everybody is on a quest for happiness. It, if you think about it, it affects every choice we make. This desire to be happy, it affects the job we choose, whether the job itself makes us happy or the income makes us happy or it's a stepping stone or whatever. It affects how the relationships we choose to pursue or not pursue, how we do our schoolwork, if that makes us happy or not, usually not. We wanna be happy, that affects how we vote. It affects even our religion, our desire for happiness affects how we do our religion. And there's nothing wrong with that. See, the truth is God wants you, God wants us to be happy. C.S. Lewis, the writer, he said this, joy is the serious business of heaven. 
God wants you to be happy. It's the serious business of heaven. Which, if you right now, you know, maybe you're watching this after the election or before the election. It seems kind of impossible to achieve true happiness. And whether it's election or not, as we get older and we kind of realize just how hard life really is, it seems almost impossible to really have true, lasting happiness. But we keep trying, don't we? Even if we think, well, I'll just, you know, maybe God wants to be happy, maybe not. We keep trying. We keep trying to find things that'll make us happy. We can't help it. It's just how we're wired. It's how God made us to desire happiness. But unfortunately, what we often think makes us happy doesn't. At least not for very long, right? We think um, buying things, spending our money will make us happy. That's me. I love to buy things when I actually have money. I think that'll make me happy, but it doesn't. Self-care, right? The pedicures, the massages, the, uh, the haircuts, the, the dyeing the gray out of the hair. We think that will make us happy. And maybe for a little bit it does, but it doesn't last. We think um, vacations will make us happy. And then you like, take your kids on a vacation, you realize that was more work than actually just staying home. We think politics will make us happy. If our, if our guy or girl just wins, lady just wins, we will be happy. But we realize they never live up to all the promises. They never live up to what we want them to do. And so we think it'll make us happy, but maybe it does for a bit, but not for very long. And so for long-term happiness that lasts, I think we have to admit that happiness doesn't come from trying to make ourselves happy. Have you realized that? That happiness actually doesn't come from trying to make ourselves happy because there's nothing we can do for ourselves that makes lasting happiness. See, we think that happiness is like, like a gas tank or a bank account, right? We have to keep refilling it. We have to keep doing these things to make ourselves happy. And then when it runs low, we have to do these other things to make ourselves happy. But that's not what happiness is about. See, there's actually a better way. There's, a, there's something better with happiness. Here's what Jesus said. He said, but those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. Talking about the life he gives, the, the water that he offers us to, to make us new, to make us more like him. We'll never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Life that starts now and lasts forever. See, the happiness Jesus offers is like a spring that is continually refilling and, and flowing constantly, satisfying our lives, satisfying our, our hearts, satisfying our need for happiness now and forever. See, the fact is, Jesus offers an unending reservoir of happiness. It never runs out. It is always refilling. Jesus offers an unending reservoir of happiness. Now, if, if you're not a Jesus follower and you're kind of just checking out what this church stuff is about or what this Jesus stuff is about, here's probably maybe what you're thinking. I'm not going to assume, but here's my guess. Yeah, John, I'm sure more religion is what's going to make me happy, right? I... It's better than more religion. If you're a Jesus follower, maybe you're thinking, um, well, yeah, you know, I get it. Jesus wants me to have, I'll be happy when I die and I, and I go to heaven. Obviously, I'll be happy then. But for now, I just, I just need to get through my life. Like, I just need to be good, not, you know, ruffle too many feathers, follow the rules so that when I die, I can go to heaven and be happy. It's better than that. See, it, it, Jesus, what Jesus said about this, this happiness that, that just constantly refills and flows forever, it might sound unbelievable. It might sound over the top, right? But 
Here's the thing about Jesus. He wasn't into like this false hope, lying to make you feel good, exaggerate to sound better type of thing. That wasn't Jesus. For me, if, if Jesus said it, I, I take him at his word. He wasn't an exaggerator. If he said it, I believe him. Do you know why? Same reason I think maybe you should believe what he says. He said that he was going to die and then in three days was going to raise himself back from the dead. And then he did it. And there were eyewitnesses, not just a few eyewitnesses, but over 500 eyewitnesses. And so whatever Jesus says, I tend to believe because if somebody can predict their death and resurrection and pull it off, I tend to trust what they say. And there's another person who believed him because of that too. James, Jesus' little brother, didn't believe he was God his whole life. And then he saw Jesus die. Then he saw him come back to life, saw him after his resurrection. And he believed that his big brother was God. And so James actually gives us, he wrote us a book, a letter called what we call the book of James. And in it, it gives us the path to finding this lasting happiness that Jesus promises. And so this is episode two. The last episode, we talked about how a a happy life is a dependent life, a life that depends on God and depends on the wisdom God gives us. What we're going to talk about in this episode might seem illogical, and it's probably going to be challenging. And I think that's why many people might want to kind of just tune out and say, oh yeah, I've heard that, or yeah, that kind of makes sense, but they're not really going to to apply it, not really going to, to, to grasp at it. And so I don't want you to be that person. I want you to actually listen to this. So maybe if you've heard this stuff before, listen to it with, try to listen to it with, with new ears. Because here's what we're, gonna, what we're gonna discover today, is that a happy life is not about me. A happy life is not about me. And so here's what James talks about. Here's what James says. He says, but don't listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. Isn't that great? You're only fooling yourself. But if you look carefully into the perfect law, we'll, we'll get to it, hold on. If you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says, and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you, which is basically saying God will make you happy for doing it. See, there's this interesting relationship with James here between God's word and the perfect law and doing it that creates happiness. And so when, I, when we read that phrase, God's word, often I think what we think of is the Bible, right? That's God's word to us. And sure, you know, that is how God chose to reveal himself to us, chose to reveal to us everything we need to know in order to know who he is and what it means to follow him. But when James says God's word that, will, that we need to do, that we need to follow, that we need to obey, he's not talking about the New Testament, right? Because James, as we talked about last week, was probably the first book written in the New Testament. So there is no New Testament for us to read God's word from. It didn't exist yet. And so is, is James talking about the Old Testament, the Jewish scriptures. So he's saying, you know, Don't just listen to God's word, do what it says. So Old Testament, you know, we need to sacrifice these different birds and bulls in order to make God happy with us and to cover our sins. Is that what he's talking about? No, right? We're not, none of you watching this, none of us are ancient Israel, which the Old Testament writings, the Jewish scriptures were written to. 
And from a Jesus-following perspective, Jesus fulfilled all the requirements of the law for us, of the Old Testament for us. So what is James talking about here when he says, don't just listen to God's word, you must do what it says. And he's talking about this perfect law that sets us free. What he's talking about there is what we call in, in the church world, the gospel, which is the good news. The fact that all of us, and it might not sound good at first, but all of us are separated from God. We're separated from others because of the things we've chosen to do. The, the happiness we've tried to get for ourselves, we've used other people. We've hurt other people to get that happiness. And that separates us from them. It ruins our relationship with them. But it also separates us from God. See, when you hurt somebody's kid, they're not too thrilled with you. There's a strain in that relationship. And that's God sees those people that we've hurt as his kids. And so we've hurt his kids. But God loved us so much that he doesn't want to be separated from us. So he came as a human, Jesus, who lived a perfect life and then died for us, died to pay that penalty for us to kind of to uh, erase the sin that we caused by hurting others. And then he rose again, showing that he was God and that he has power over life and death and can give us a new life. And then if we trust that, not just good things that we, not good things we do to give us a perfect relationship with God, but we trust only that Jesus paid our penalty and now gives us a new life, we're forgiven. We're, we're free. We're clear. We have a perfect relationship with God that starts now and lasts forever. But this whole idea, this God's word, this gospel, this good news, it's not just something we believe. It's actually something we also do. See, when we follow Jesus and we start becoming transformed into being more and more like him, more and more who we were created to be, he gives us a new life. New actions come out of a new life. See, following Jesus isn't just believing. It's doing. It's a following Jesus is a trust that changes everything about our lives. And so James says we're free to follow the perfect law. And if, you're, if you've been around Bible stuff or church stuff before, you think the law, you might think um, the Old Testament Jewish law, best known the, the Ten Commandments, right? That's the beginning of the law. So if we follow the Ten Commandments, then we'll be happy, right? And that's not what he's talking about. See, it's better than that. It's actually simpler than that, but it's more encompassing than just the Ten Commandments. See, this idea, the perfect law, goes far beyond simply following God's rules. It's so much better than that. It's about what really matters. It's about our heart. What we call, we call it this, the perfect law, we call it the law of love. Jesus was asked, what's God's number one commandment? What is the most important commandment? And Jesus said, it's this. Love God with everything you are, and because of that, love your neighbor as yourself. See, the perfect law is Jesus' law, the law of love. Love God, and as an expression of that love, love your neighbor. See, the two depend on each other. It's one law. If you don't really love your neighbor, then you don't really love God, right? If you don't really love my kids and you, you hate my kids, you don't really love me, right? I'm not feeling loved if you're mistreating my kids. It's the same with God. And there's no really way to truly love your neighbor in a consistent, selfless, effective way without having the love of God, without loving God. And James says, don't just listen to it. Do what it says. And that do what it says is a continual be doing 
what this law says. Be doing what Jesus is talking about. It's a continual thing. It's a consistent thing. It's not a a one-time, one-hit wonder thing. It's a lifestyle of doing this law of love. We make it a habit. In fact, it's for a Jesus follower, it's the mission of life to be doing the law of love. See, because God loved us so much, we are now free. Because God paid our penalty and freed us from, from the guilt and the shame of the hurt we've caused, we are now free to love him and to express it through how we love others. And when we do that, it gives us the happiness that Jesus promised. See, happiness comes from loving others through the love of God. And so James gives us a specific example, and then he kind of summarizes this whole idea here. He says, if you claim to be religious, oh, I I believe in God. I'm a Christian. If you claim to be religious, I'm very spiritual. But don't control your tongue, how you talk. You're fooling yourself. And your religion, get this, your religion is worthless. James doesn't pull any punches. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means this, means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. We talk about religion a lot, especially if you've been to Cross Creek for the last three years. We talk about religion and the difference between religion and following Jesus pretty often. But there's nothing wrong with religious activity per se. There's nothing wrong with going to a church service and singing songs and, and maybe the church service you're used to is lighting candles and, and, that type, and, and uh, the prayers and that type of stuff. There's nothing wrong with that. Those are gifts God gives us. See, we think we're doing it for God, but really it's a gift God gives us. If you think of what we call worship, right? Usually like singing songs. Is that, really for, we, is that really for God? See, God doesn't need us to sing songs to him. He has the angels singing to him constantly. And I'm guessing their voices and their melodies are pretty on point, probably a little bit better than ours. See, that worship is a gift he gives us, that we can do it to worship him, to realize who he is, to realize how amazing he is, to realize how deep his love is. And that we can focus on that. That's a gift he gives us. See, that's not the true test of following Jesus as if we do these religious things because those are gifts to us. The true test of what we believe is what we do. It's how we love. It's how we have a lifestyle of being for others. See, if I say I believe in God, if I say I follow Jesus, but it doesn't affect what I do, how I treat others, James says, I'm only fooling myself. See, true belief proves itself by loving and serving those who need help in our communities and by living out moral purity, being for others and being for God. See, Jesus followers who are being transformed, and that's the point of being a Jesus follower, being transformed into more and more like Jesus, what it means to follow and be like Jesus, imitate him. Jesus followers imitate Jesus by intervening to help those who need it. Just like Jesus did for us. It's like I said, it's a lifestyle. For a Jesus follower, this is what it means to be a Jesus follower. Whether you're checking out what it would take to be a Jesus follower, or maybe you have been for years. For a Jesus follower, life, your life is a mission from God. We're on a mission from God. Is a mission 
to love, to serve, and to do what's best for others. That's the point of being a Jesus follower. In fact, this is what the Apostle Paul said in Ephesians. He said, For we, Jesus followers, are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. And I think often we stop there like, yeah, I'm God's masterpiece and I'm saved and I'm going to heaven and now I just got to, you know, kind of live my life and go to church. No, here's, here's what he says. We, he has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So, there's a reason, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. See, there's a point, there's a mission to following Jesus. And that's what makes us happy. Happiness comes from a faith that results in loving others. Happiness comes from a faith that results in loving others. And so in case you're still asking, yeah, I, but see, I believe in God. I do all the religious stuff. Why am I not happy? Well, here's kind of like a, a highlight reel of what James says next. First, he says, what good is it? Dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions, can that faith save anyone? Then he says, so you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. It doesn't change you. It doesn't do anything for the world because it's, it's not really faith. It's dead. It's useless. And then he finishes by saying, just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't transform us. It doesn't make us more like Jesus if it's not changing how we act towards others. Now, good works don't earn us God's love. That's not what James is saying. We have to follow all the rules and be good so God will love us. Otherwise, if if we break the rules, we're out. That's not what James is saying. What he's saying is our love for God is shown, is proven by what we do. Here's what Jesus said. He said, Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. And again, what were Jesus' commandments? Love God with everything you are and love your neighbor as yourself. See, these good works, these uh, acts of love are the natural product of a love for God. And it's the evidence of our love for God too. Genuine faith, genuine trust in Jesus produces good works naturally. It's just what it does. Fire creates heat. It's just what it does. True faith always creates love for others. True faith always creates a love for God that is then expressed in love to others. And so the point is, if faith doesn't compel us to act out of unconditional love toward others, it's not faith. If faith doesn't compel us to act out of unconditional love toward others, then it's not faith. It's not trusting Jesus. It's not following Jesus. And for those of you who want the advanced course, when we say love others, take out others and put enemies. Take out others and put Republicans. Take out others and put Democrats or Biden or Trump. See, that's the true test of a Jesus follower. Can you unconditionally love those who are purposely against you? That's what it means to follow Jesus, to love others, to do the word, to follow the perfect law. And so do you want to be happy? I know it's a silly question. Of course you do. Do you want a happiness that lasts? Of 
course. Then I encourage you to explore what it means to follow Jesus. If that's something you've never fully explored, explore what that means to follow Jesus, to love God, and to know what it means to trust that you are loved by him. And if you want more information on that, you can email us at info at yourcrosscreek.com. And we would love to kind of help start that journey of discovering God's love for you. And once you discover that, then ask yourself two questions. The first question is kind of a self-reflection question. If you're a Jesus follower, ask yourself this question. Is what I believe transforming how I love? Is what I believe transforming how I love? Not how I feel love feelings, but how I act. Is what I believe transforming how I act lovingly towards others? Do some real self-reflection. Maybe ask those who live closest to you if they are seeing that. <laughs> I know that can be scary, but it could be good for you. And then the next question, kind of a real-life action question, putting it into practice, is this question. What does love look like? In any situation, you ask, what does love look like? When your kids are driving you crazy, you ask, what does love look like? When your spouse just will not like see your point of view and just wants to get their point across. You ask, what does love look like? When the sink is full of dishes and you're tired, but you know the other person's tired, what does love look like? When your parents just won't listen and they're just wanting to tell you what to do right now, what does love look like? And then practice it. Don't just ask it, practice it, do it, like James says. And maybe start simple. And start the simple way, but it's also probably the most difficult way. Try it with your family. Try it with your coworkers. Try it with your neighbors. What does love look like? Not just in a reaction, but maybe a preemptive love. What would love look like? How would I let them know that I truly love them through God's love? What does active, take the first step love look like? And last week we talked about a happy life is a dependent life. And so in this, what does love look like? We ask for wisdom, like we talked about last week, depending on God's wisdom. And we ask God for his love to motivate and move us. See, we can't truly love others just through our own love. We can't muster it for ourselves because we won't always feel it. We won't always want to do it. And so we need God's love to love through us. It's not dependent on our energy and our feelings and even our ideas. If you're a Jesus follower, you can ask God's Holy Spirit to empower you and guide you where you are needed most, where your love is needed most and in what way. And then a, a challenge, an opportunity for you is to read the section we're, we just talked about in James. James 1, 19 through chapter 2, verse 26. Read it with a friend. Talk about it. But there's two facts I want to leave you with. First fact is this, we are all on a happiness quest. We all want to be happy. Second fact, God has a purpose for our lives. God's purpose for us is to love him and to love those that he loves. And the beautiful thing is that these two go together. The one satisfies the other. See, as we learn to selflessly love others, we increasingly discover a happiness that lasts. We want to be happy, and God says, look, the purpose for your lives is to love others, and that is what will make you happy. See, our level of happiness is the direct result of how much of our life we give away. 
our level of happiness is the direct result of how much of our life we give away. So here's what Jesus says about that. He said, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. If you try to make everything about you and your happiness and you cling to the things you think will make you happy, you're going to lose it. You're never going to end up happy. But if you give up your life for my sake, for loving others, which is why he came to transform us into people who love others. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news that God loves you and wants to be with you forever, you will save it. See, if you give up your life for the purpose God has for your life, you will actually save your life and discover what it truly means to be happy. Liz, Monica, back to you. Wow. Uh, Thank you, John, for that message. Uh, We appreciate uh, your encouragement to read the book of James. Yes. How did you do last week? Um, Did you get my text? I did okay. Okay. (laughs) 6 a.m. is 6 a.m. Not. So thank you for that encouragement, John, uh, to read the book of James. Thank you for that encouragement to give your life Mm -hmm. away. Uh, We just want to remind you, we talked about these at the start of the episode. You can still uh, sign up for these or grab these using the welcome form. Um, It's just another way to give something away and show people that you are for them. Yes. Yes. Quick message for you kiddos out there. We have church at home for you as well. Your parents can help you get online with this link below and you can follow along on the videos and do church at home for you. Sounds awesome. Yeah. Chase is on the case. Chase is on the case. That's the thing. (laughs) Also, um, we are for the adults. We are doing a giveaway this week. We did a giveaway on social media. We are giving away $25 gift card to Top Drawer Boutique in downtown Salem. And the winner is... Janice M. Congratulations. Yay. We're excited for you to spend that $25. Thank you to everybody who entered the giveaway online. There's no strings attached. We're not doing it to do anything, but just have some fun. So this week's giveaway is to... Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh. Yes, super excited. And this was donated. Um, so that's really sweet and awesome from the people that donated that. Thank you. Um, also, this isn't just a social media week of giveaway. Oh. We are offering a giveaway to anybody that would like to enter. You can also email us at info at yourcrosscreek.com and maybe put in your name and a way we can contact you um, if you win. If so, you win. If. Well, there only can be one winner. That's right. Sorry. So enter to win. Everybody doesn't want win this one. <laughs> so you can enter on social media or you can email info at yourcrosscreek.com. Um, you can also check out the show notes because in the show notes, we've got links to um, oh, some of the great. things John talked about. Uh, we have links to the welcome form, songs that we listened to uh, while we were putting together this message and various other things. So be sure to check out the Perfect. description uh, down below. Uh, also, if you want to pay it forward, you can go ahead and do that. There's a link to donate to Cross Creek. We are a 501c3 here in Salem, Oregon, and we always appreciate your givings. So that's it. Great. Questions are going to come up on the screen. So if you're in a connect group, <clears throat> those are for you. If you're not in a connect group, you can still do the questions and talk about it with a friend or a chase buddy. Uh, but those are there for you. So have a great week. Happy election week. Happy daylight savings week. Go easy on the Snickers. They do satisfy, but you know, within reason. Bye.
upside down. Do you want it upside down? Because that would be funny, but... Who's your challenge today? Are you challenged? So you no, can just be like... No, this is good. I like awkward. Go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>